Oh, no, hang on. Wait, stop. I'll stop the press. I've got to print it out because I... Uh, just wait, just wait. Uh, how do I do it there? Customise. One, two, four. Uh, glasses. Glasses on. <laughs> ink is drying. Literally waiting for ink to dry. Do you know how long I've been waiting? I don't care. Wait, shut up. Oh, turn that off. It's, yeah, and it's you! It's you! <laughs> right. Is it still printing? No, it's finished. Hurrah. Right, so, so I've been waiting about five minutes <laughs> yeah. to be let in to this yeah. Zoom meeting. When I do get let in, you're printing things off. <laughs> Stop. That. You were not waiting five minutes. You were waiting five seconds. <laughs> I literally turned away for a moment. It felt like longer. <laughs> I like the power. Welcome everybody to episode. Hang on, I'm scrolled to the. <laughs> welcome everybody, episode. Ep, welcome everybody to episode 126 of the Mid Faith Crisis Podcast. My name's Nick Page. Joined as ever by wow. Joe Davis. What's the point? Uh, for whom I've been waiting hours. <laughs> you are the most patient man I know. That's true. I'm reading a book on patience at the moment. Hey, it's working. It's about Good. about the early church and patience. I was, was... Why, why would you read that book? Uh, it's because it's quite interesting. It's by a historian called Alan Crider, and he's arguing that the early church wrote virtually nothing about evangelism, yeah. but they wrote a lot about patience. So it was all about endurance and fortitude and forbearance mm. and steadfastness mm. and all those kind of qualities and demonstrating the truth rather than sort of preaching it, mm. speaking it, which is interesting, I think. Yeah, it is inter- the way you describe it is interesting, although I'm glad you told me that rather than having to read that book. Yeah, well, it is, it is, a, it is a long book and I'm, I can't wait for it to be over, really. <laughs> so it's not exactly working. Anyway, um, <laughs> how are you? My old friend. Well, I tell you what, the the past few days have started with swims and finished with swims because the tides are right. And it has been, as right. you know, blisteringly hot. Even got the old um, paddleboard out this morning, which was very nice. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, yeah, yeah it's good. And, and also dinner on the beach. Nice. We've been taking a, a little frittata down. No, you'd like this. A courgette frittata. So you just kind of, you just have a few little sliced potatoes, a bit of tomato, maybe a bit of brie or goat's cheese and slice. Mm. slice. And mm. the good thing about this frittata is that you don't fry it, you can bake it in the oven. And it's delicious cold. You're listening to Recipes with Nick and Joe. Sorry. <laughs> isn't frittata one of the names of God? <laughs> I think so. I'm sure we used to... <laughs> Jehovah Frittata. I believe so, yeah. God of egg-based dinners. <laughs> <laughs> and then for dessert, Jehovah Pavlova. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure we used to sing a song by Graham Kendrick about frittata. 
<laughs> now you mentioned Fritata, everybody. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I'll be going to NEP. And, uh, oh, one of our beloved listeners, Peter, is mm. sorting my life out. So shout out to Peter. Thank you for that. And also, I met with lovely Rebecca and uh, Rihanna um, the other day. Beloved listeners who came down to Worthing and, and saw me. So that was nice. I mean, they were down staying in Brighton, to be fair. And then they just made the short hop across for breakfast. Okay. So that was very lovely. And uh, hello to Rebecca and Rihanna. That's very good, isn't it? We compliment each other well, really, don't we? We do. <laughs> and what do you mean? Well, you like meeting people. <laughs> yeah, <I do. laughs> and I like avoiding people. So that so, the balance is out. Yeah. So I must have met with half the listenership now. But if the other half want to come down, you're always welcome. <laughs> we can go paddleboarding. <laughs> yeah, indeed. You'd only need two paddleboards. <laughs> anyway, um, how are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, actually. It has been hot, hasn't it? It's been very oh, hot. Yeah. And uh, we went down on... Saturday, went down to visit to meet up with some friends who we hadn't seen for 10 years. An old school friend of Claire's, actually. Yeah. Uh, And that was an interesting experience because obviously you spend a lot of time trying to catch up not only what's happened to people, but where they are now. What are they like? Do you still like them? (laughs) Well, uh, no no question of that. But, you know, (laughs) um, yeah, it was interesting because everybody changes a lot in that time, don't they? Yeah, you do. Uh, So it was interesting. It was nice to meet them. Surviving the heat, enjoying the cricket. Oh, yeah, that's been good. That was good. Wow, it was extraordinary. I it was mean, very, good. very un-England-like to, what, to, to, to win yeah. something. Yeah. To win the first test match. Yeah, and what I think is interesting about it is how you can hear everything that the players are saying because yeah. there's no crowd. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, And these players are in a right old go at one another. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I and noticed it, that. And that's been there all the time. They're all really chirpy and having a go at it, or yeah. encouraging one another, and then there's no crowd to disguise it. Yeah, I'm sure there's a metaphor there for retreat or something. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll move yeah. on to that another time. Yeah, I know, I know we're not really a sporting programme, but on the subject of sport, there's been a programme I've really enjoyed on a Friday night with Jack Whitelaw. And, oh, I've heard about this. Oh, yeah. it's really fun. And it, but it just shows all the great sporting moments, you know. Mm, uh, mm. It's just fantastic. The great British mm. sporting moments are all there. And it just makes you feel great. So there oh, you go. Good. There aren't many of them, but, you know. No, it's, it's, it's a short programme. <laughs> it is a short programme. <laughs> of mainly historical footage. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, a- good. Well, let's get on because it's too hot even to sit here and do it this. It really show. is, and you've and again, I'm sitting behind closed windows due to the very strict Nazi-like regulations mm. I live under when I'm recording a podcast. So, yeah, because of the, all the people who roar up and down your road on their mobility scooters, ter- the, the ancient terrorways of Worthing. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Hell's grannies. Anyway, anyway, I am recording live from the sauna, everybody. And <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> so what we thought we'd do, in a, in a radical mm. move to shorten the length of the podcast, we thought we wouldn't do any feedback this week. Now, we've had that's brilliant true. feedback, and thank you to everyone. And what's been particularly lovely, if I may say so, is so many people just writing and saying, hey, thanks for the last few shows. They've, it's, it's captured everyone's imagination, I think, this. Um which, That's very nice. As you know, yeah. I haven't seen many of that. You haven't forwarded. No, because times. because most of them come through social media that you are abstaining oh, yeah. from. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's nice to hear. And also, I don't tend to forward you any that are just blah 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 type emails, and they've all no, been blah no. blah blah ones. 
Well, I would be a bit uncomfortable with that. So, anyway, thank you very much. That's very nice. Yeah, it's really nice. And obviously, to balance it all, we need a few really nasty emails now. So if you want to write to Joe at Midfaithcrisis with yes. your .org, with your criticisms. Um, oh, no, don't do that because he needs a lot of encouragement. <laughs> um, yes, OK, well, let's... What, you see, I thought I didn't feel very good, actually, after last week because I didn't feel I gave yours the proper attention that it deserved because it was there was a lot in there and because we we didn't send them to each no, other no because so we wanted it to be a to... surprise yeah exactly yeah. so i felt i didn't really uh, treat it properly so i apologize for that no, no need to apologize my friend but i will say this coming out of last week i thought there was a very obvious follow-up podcast which right. is where the this good news is so great what on earth has gone wrong but we're, so we're, that's where we're going this week. But okay. before we do, right. I, I mean, I had thought it'd be nice to reflect just a little bit more if it's not too painful for the listeners, because mm. like you say, we, we really didn't get much of a chance to respond to each other's. It was kind of on the hoof and time was mm. flying by. Mm. So, yeah, I just wondered whether it's worth. Well, um, I'd like to pick up a couple of things from rereading yours. Mm. Just just themes more than anything else, yeah. because I mean, I think both good news versions sort of had it's difficulty getting everything in there but mm. there were a few things that i thought came over that i think mm. i'd like to pull out one is that the 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 source of yours is the idea of belonging seemed really yeah something that you were absolutely keen on getting over unashamedly personal that one yeah right yeah 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 i think so and i and i recognize not everyone would necessarily emphasize that aspect of of the good news, of belonging to God's family, or, mm, or however yeah. you want to see it. But for me, that was a very, very important part of the good news. So, yeah, everything everything fell under that, really. For me. Right. Mm. And that's to do with your past, your history, yeah, or yeah, to do with, is, you know, it's, just the, uh, the desire, to, the need to belong. Yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think it probably is to do with, you know, my wounds and everything. So, yeah. Mm. Like like we were trying to say in other ones, you know, what's the good news for someone who's blind or what's the good news for someone with no legs or mm-hmm. what's the good news for someone who's got, hurt, you know, specific hurts for me? It was that sense of rejection, sense of I don't belong anywhere and everything. So so the good, the gospel for me was, hey, you belong with God. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I, I think that's a very powerful thing in it anyway, a powerful thing in the, in the biblical um, kind of uh, metaphors that are used about it. Mm. And I think the other thing is that it, that what what it reminds me of is when I first started looking into it, and I think I remember saying this on the show about how it, there's two occasions where Paul talks about my gospel, mm. my gospel is this, and and most um, many commentators are quite uh, quite perplexed by this mm. because there is the assumption that there is the gospel, yeah, you know, yeah. in violet and carved in stone. Yeah. But I suspect that Paul is actually uh, being very true to himself here and saying this mm. is what this is what i yeah. i preach this is my bit and and of course it would be partly at least defined by his own yeah. Uh, yeah. needs and desires and his background a lot of his work is is defined by that yeah so it's perfectly biblical to proclaim your gospel yeah. in a sense or your yeah. i suppose yeah. it's your window in on it really isn't it yeah. i think there is a there is a core to it but it's your it's how you view it the perspective yeah. you're viewing it from and i think that was the fascinating thing for me in doing this little series you know as 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 people were writing in mm. and and each emphasizing something very different something very true nothing we would disagree with but just the emphasis was different 
for different people, which makes sense when you think about it. But it still came as a bit of a surprise to me that actually there isn't this kind of one size fits all, you know, gospel for all people thing. No. Or if you tried to present it like that, it, I, you can't help feeling just giving people the four spiritual laws is rather anemic and not particularly interesting. Certainly doesn't <laughs> yeah. doesn't sound that good. But when it's when it is wrapped in your story, this is what's been good news for me. This isn't someone else's good news. This is my good news. So I can speak yeah. with some authority and authenticity about it. It, you know, it carries a lot more weight. Yes, it sort of reminded me of like looking in or looking a group of onlookers of a certain event or a certain yeah. view or, you know, looking mm. looking through the windows into a marvellous courtyard or something. And each person would see a different thing. Yeah. If you go to yeah. you know, an amazing sort of garden or something like that, each person is struck by a different aspect of it. Yeah. They're all looking actually at the same garden, but they're seeing such. Yeah, exactly. Such different parts of it. Yeah. Um, I, one of the things that did strike me very strongly looking back at it was the number of different names of of um, of God hmm. you put in, <laughs> or indeed your your perhaps your your, your yeah. desperation to avoid using God. Yeah, I did want to name. use God. Yeah, there were about there were about like four or five. You know, the divine grace, the the, the source, the yeah. spirit, yeah. the yeah. divine resources, the what else. Uh, you know the fluffy seagull god. Oh no, you didn't use that. Well, you cut that. That was, in, no, a, that that. was in an earlier version. Um, again, talk me through that because you you did in fact in in the little funny little terms and conditions at the end, which I thought was great. Talked about the kingdom of God, but that's the yeah. only time you mentioned God. Well, it's interesting. There's the, and the one thing I'd change in mind. I'll just tell you now is I said Jesus the Christ, and I wish yeah. I hadn't done that. I would have just said Jesus because Jesus yes. the Christ means something very specific to me, but I think it wouldn't mean anything to most of the people I talk to. It would just sound very religious. Yeah. And without yeah. explaining it, I, you know, I kind of regret putting that in now. Now I think about it. But, oh, yeah, I just think God, the word God comes with so much baggage and so much bad news for people that I didn't want to present a good news where that word would hinder people. Right. So now, I, don't get me wrong, and I think what you did in yours is you totally redeemed it for people. But, but I didn't want to spend the energy doing that. I, I, because I, it does require energy to for people to unlearn their notions and mystics. Mm. And if you just even a simple word association with people, if you say God, I know what they're going to come up with is a kind of Sistine Chapel Zeus-like yeah. God. And I just wanted to avoid that. So that's why the language will be too wishy-washy, perhaps for some within the church, but like more OK, I suspect, for people out. In fact, that was one of my ponderings on our Gospels, whether I was trying to create, share my good news with people outside the church and you were trying to perhaps share it more with people inside. I don't know. Perhaps not. But. Uh, it's interesting. I, I I, suppose I was trying... We'll come on to mine anyway. Mm. Yeah, we will. But I mean, I... I I I totally understand that aspect. My I suppose my feeling is that that do the replacement names create new problems? You know, in that Might sense, yeah. you know, um, you know, when I when I hear of the sort of source or something, then yeah. I'm thinking Matrix, or then I'm thinking, you know, Are we've you? all got these images in our head. Well, sort of, That's you know, science science fictiony yeah. kind of things. You know, the we're visual beings, and so there's mm. always a sort of Whatever we talk about, there's always a picture in our head mm. of it to some extent. Okay. So, uh, I I think it's difficult not to, but I can see why you would do it. 
Um, mm. And the third thing I wanted to pick up on was that um, your your delight and sort of wonder in science coming mm. through in it. Mm. And as even coming through when I think you could you almost like couldn't help but put it in, even when I thought mm. I thought it sort of pushed us off on raised more questions than it answered. So there's, okay, a, yeah. there's a line in yeah. here. It's just there's a divine presence and power that is the creative source of the universe slash multiverse. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, oh, that's because you're really because we don't excited know. about. No, no, exactly, we yeah, don't know. Yeah. But equally, I'm kind of thinking, hang on a minute, multiverse. I, <laughs> I, at that yeah, moment, sure. I'm sort of. Derailed about that, but I think that I think there was a lot in there that you love about. Yeah, well, it's my good you know, news. I mean, it is my yeah, good news. That's and, interesting and for me. Yeah. For me, the science is not in opposition to faith. It is a glorious source of enriching and deepening my faith. Mm. So the more wonder I have at the universe, the more wonder, of course, I have of the divine presence behind mm. it all. Yeah, mm. I mean, it's just natural for me. In fact, I would say me and Brian Cox have so much in common because he has this wonderful wonder. At the universe, he just happens not to believe in God, because for him yes. there isn't enough evidence to suggest it. Whereas yes. for yes. me there is. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that's about the only thing you have in common with. Bob I know. Fox, if I'm honest. What you mean? He's young, slim, talented, good-looking. <laughs> <laughs> you, you I may, wasn't going to do it. You that. may have a gonna, point. I mean, you've got the same. You've got the same number of limbs, and that's that. <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah, it's the same amount I have in common with yeah. Daniel Craig. You, see, you know, see, broadly speaking, it's it's just that we're the same species and that's where it kind of ends. Now you think really. about it, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this morning I said a picture of me paddleboarding ended up on a, a certain WhatsApp group. And my son sent a picture of Daniel Craig coming mm. out of the water in a, a, one of his Bond films with the picture, you know, some rather I fit I sense sarcastically toned there's almost no difference that's unfair I know it? it's, it's very hurtful fair. Mike Davis anyway I, I I enjoyed reading it and I enjoyed hearing it and yeah. I think it's full of you yes it is and what you find good news which I think is really good well it is all about me <laughs> is that oh well that, i forgot that yeah That's true i thought you might say something about the three threefold conversion at the start see that was really important to me um you know that there's you can live in harmony with yourself with other people and the earth i remember a lesser known book and i wish i'd known what it, what it was called and who the author was but it wasn't mainstream theology at spurgeons but our kind of radical rebellious uh tutor brought it in and it was a book about this threefold conversion that actually it's not just a personal conversion you are not just it's not just about you and your personal relationship with god you that's part of it but you are converted for the sake of people and for the sake of the earth yeah Um, yeah from which point we can start doing theology about ecology and all that stuff but anyway yeah i didn't i didn't pick up i I suppose because i just sort of thought oh tick that you know i just kind of agreed with that well it didn't jar with me or anyway didn't uh you did put in about your life matters which is one i i put into mine Hmm. you matter and i had to cut it out because i wanted to keep mine uh, down to a certain space but i think that's really important as well and that's very strong in what in in the yeah in, in yours as well but what's interesting i think when you compare ours is Mine is, I think, slightly too verbose and like I got overexcited and didn't edit it down enough. Whereas you bring your author's mind to it. And, you know, we've had this conversation before about knowing what not to say and 
really chucking out any unnecessary words, which I think you're very good at. Um, so well, I, it's just te- it's technique, Joe. You know, I mean, it's what you have to learn. You have, you know, you have to cut out the thing that yeah. is good, but it doesn't work or whatever. So it's just a technique. It's not really anything else. It was so lovely and so delightful and i've put mine on my facebook page but with your permission i'm going to put yours on my facebook page as well oh yeah yeah now these are normal things and it's a it's a strange thing isn't it especially if you're a baptist minister so it feels a bit weird putting up the gospel on your (laughs) facebook page but it kind of does but i thought i'm absolutely not ashamed of this you know i'm thinking about what will people say you know particularly since the vast majority of people wouldn't be people of faith i I imagine right and have you had much response i've had some response yeah from people and people like it and interestingly a couple of people have talked to me about it but didn't respond Um, okay so it's interesting and they were positive as well i have to say you know they weren't saying oh you big weirdo joe although i imagine some people would have thought that in fairness but just they're nice enough not to (laughs) not to say so yeah, I think, I think I found the whole process really helpful. You know, yeah. in terms of identifying something that I really wanted to be aligned with. Mm. So I was gonna, I was gonna just go through and say all the things I love, but actually yours is shorter than mine. It's succinct, and I love it. And what I want to do, and I think everyone will appreciate this. I think if as I want to read it again because this will lead so naturally okay. into the obvious question that you then have to answer. Okay? Okay. Thank right. you. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Nick's version of the gospel. There is a God and God is good and God loves you because God is good and because God loves you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to suffer alone. You don't have to worry about riches or status or pretending to be someone you're not. You don't have to feel insignificant, unnoticed or unloved. You don't have to be trapped in guilt or shame. You don't have to be scared of death because death is not the end. You don't have to walk through this world alone. The world is beautiful and the world is terrible. No one knows why. But we do know that it's not as God wants it and that we can change it a little by changing ourselves. That's why God invites us to a different life. A life of freedom, kindness, hope, courage, honesty and forgiveness. We can live like this by copying Jesus who shows us what God is like and by asking God's spirit to work with us because we can't do it on our own. So here's the thing. You are not your wounds. You are not your fears or your failures. You are not your possessions or your career. You are not what has been done to you or what you have done to others. You are not what others say about you or even what you say about yourself. You are a child of God, a God who is good and a God who loves you. I genuinely, I could weep. That is so lovely, Nick. I oh, genuinely, oh dear, don't get me going. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to suffer alone. The world is beautiful and mm. the world is terrible. Yeah, it really is. But you can mm. change yourselves with God. You're not your wounds. You're not. If, oh, man. Anyway. And I love that statement in the end. You are a child of God. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it obviously it runs the risk exactly what we talked about earlier, that, that all these terms are, can be quite slippery and tricky. Uh, I mean, I think that, you know, there's so much more you could, I'd want to unpack in it. Um that bit about you're not your wounds, you're not. Your, I think that's true, except that obviously it depends, really, because you're not what others say about you. Well, what if they say nice things? You might be that. As I was listening to, it, I was thinking, oh, yeah. hang on, that needs. But you know what I was trying to get at? That that kind of um, 
the the way that we define ourselves by by other people i know, think people and, get it yeah sure but okay. there immediately after you know i think we asked the question what will we talk about next week at the end of last week's episode and it became so obvious to me which is nick you read that this is inc- this is amazing what the f- <laughs> has gone wrong? <laughs> I mean, okay. why? Why? When this is such good news, mm-hmm. why oh. have people got such a negative view of religion? Yeah. Within yeah. and without the church, you know, inside and outside of the church. What, what happened? Where's it all gone wrong is this week's question. <laughs> Feel free to send your own answers into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's a... I don't. Um, that's a very negative question. I, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I think. I suppose the thing is, I always think with Christianity, that's probably with any religion, that the number of people who actually are believers isn't that big. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people who go to church or go to mm. the temple or go to the mosque or whatever. And there's lots of people who tick the box in the census for saying that. But the, yeah. we've talked about this a lot in recent yeah, weeks. Yeah. But the number of people who, who actually, have a relationship with, with, yeah, okay. with God, has never been that big, I don't think. Yeah. Um. And therefore, a lot of the good news is is, you know, undone by a lot of people who who, have never grasped it for themselves. Mm. And I have to say, just on that inclusive note, that actually anyone of any faith who has that relationship with God is a joy to be around, generally speaking. So, you, you know, we're not even just talking about Christianity here, are we? Necessarily? No, well you, no. You, well, you sort of know when you've met holy people, don't yes. you, really? Yeah, you, you know do. that. Can't fake uh, it. And, and so I think that there's that. So there's that. There's a whole load of, of always within religion, there's a whole load of... Um, you know, just social kind of stuff. Hmm. The other thing is, I think that it comes back to what we were talking about, my gospel or, or, or this personalization. I think times have changed as well. So I think, hmm. I think a lot of time early on, the good news for people was in fact, yes, what's going to happen to them after they die. Hmm. Because they don't, ex- they didn't yeah, expect exactly. anything else. They didn't expect hmm. to live long. I remember meeting some tea pickers out in uh, Africa many years ago. Actually, it was when, when we were working together, hmm. um, Oasis. Yeah. And, um, and I and I asked these people what would change their life. I mean, they were they were they were mm. ter- terribly poor people. They would go out tea picking. They would wrap around um, plastic bags around their legs to sort of protect them because that was mm. all the protection they had. And they had they had to pick like baskets and baskets and baskets mm. of tea to earn about twenty p. You know, for, mm. for it was yeah. awful. And I remember asking them, I said, "What will change things for you?" And I was expecting them to say, oh, you know, health system or, you know, if you stood mm. up to our government or you did this, mm. that and the other. Uh, and this bloke said to me, he said, what will change things is when, is when Jesus comes again. Mm. And that was the good news for him. That yeah. actually life wasn't going to go on like this yeah. endlessly. That yeah. there, was, there was a change. So I wonder whether the problem is not so much that, that uh, you know, we've got it wrong, but that we're maybe holding on to a message from a previous time and we now need to kind of mm. change it because our our, our lives are different i mean think of what you're saying there i mean i love it but it's that's fairly radical i can imagine people screaming at you in certain places for suggesting such a thing because god's word is the same yesterday today and forever and you're trying to suggest that it isn't. <laughs> 
Well, I think it's it's coming back to actually that metaphor that we yeah. I, not a very good metaphor, mm. but I'll, I'll try and work at it about the guard, mm. about looking in yeah, on the guard. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, because actually, I don't think it has changed. I just think that you're seeing we see a different right. emphasis okay. now. We're we're looking at a, a different beautiful aspect of the good mm. news. And I I loved that both of our versions seem to be incredibly and radically inclusive. I mean, your your statement was wasn't even give your life to Jesus, say a prayer, mm. come mm. to the front, and then you'll be a child of God. Mm. Your statement was very much here's the truth about who you are. It's like you need to live into this good news of who you actually are. Now, that's a big difference as well. But I wonder if that's, you know, the inclusivity of God is something that we particularly need to emphasise at this broken time. I mean, I suppose the world's always been broken, but more than ever, it feels like we need to be emphasising our unity, not our differences. Um, and I think that's always been difficult for the church as well, mm. because the history of the church is, is, is the hi- <laughs> well, actually beyond the church. Yeah. It, the, it, the history of God's people in the Bible is finding out all these people were actually included who they never wanted included. Yeah. I mean, that's the story of Jonah. Yes, yes, I was going to say, it's as old as that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, that, that's, that's the story of Hagar, you know, in, yeah, the, in, the, yeah. in the wilderness. Yeah. All the people who, who, get, who were actually in there, who never thought that they'd get in there. Mm. Um, so I, I think all the time we're finding out about inclusivity or we're seeing our own blind spots about who, who, who mm. we're excluding. Yeah, yeah. And I wondered as well, and again, I don't want to kind of say, oh, the church does this or the church does this, you know, and make it like a criticism of the church. The churches do a great job, but I I suspect they are they excel for people at the earlier stages of the journey when they're still in that kind of, you know, to use the child development model, the kind of, you know, baby, toddler, child mm. version. But when they get to the teenage rebellious stage, you know, the church gets a bit uncomfortable. And if they want to learn to feed themselves and grow for themselves and, you know, expand themselves, they feel darn right uncomfortable with it. Mm. Mm. Um, Do you think then that your and my good news wouldn't be good news for some people? Because because actually that's not what they need at that point. They need the old, not the old. They oh, yeah. need the uh, another aspect of the garden. They need a different kind of view. I do wonder. Into God. I do wonder if it's too overwhelmingly large a concept. Yeah, I do, and you can't get your head around it. You know, like you know, as we, have we I think we started off the podcast, didn't we, talking about stages of faith? But good news, you know, or protection for a child is, you know, black and white. Do not go yeah, out in the road. Yeah. Do not cross the road. Yeah. Do not, you know, you're not ready for that yet. But you can't be giving that to a, you know. 55 year old <laughs> and yeah i feel that's what we do in our churches i feel we we're still serving up the same and i don't know about other churches but certainly the baptist denomination you know we we so prize a good word deep theological you know exeget like teaching is going to change the world and we've been <laughs> thinking that for hundreds of years mm, you know mm, yeah. and and it hasn't <laughs> it's, it's quite interesting come back to this book of i'd like to talk about it a bit more at some uh, other point the um it's called the patient ferment of the early church, and it, 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 one of the things he points out is that all the apologetic writing mm. of the church fathers apparently never changed anybody. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. there's no evidence that any of the apologetics converted anybody, no, and that's probably not what they were writing for. They were they were writing in a sense to strengthen their own flock, you know. Yeah, but, but yeah. yeah, I I think that if I suppose if you've come from an environment where you are 
where there are no rules, where you can feel completely lost, then actually what you mm. want is some certainty. What you want mm. is some guidelines. You want to know what to do and when mm. and all this kind of stuff. And maybe the thing that is really good about the the, the good news is that God's love can can be experienced mm. in all these different ways, actually. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, you know, that, that email last week that said the three things you want to hear is I love you. I forgive you. And supper's oh, ready. That, supper's ready. So brilliant. And that yeah. is such good news for some yes. people. Yeah. I was talking yeah. to someone in Soul Place, you know, we haven't been able to meet together um, mm. because, you know, we meet on Zoom and it's entirely unsatisfactory, but that's nice to check in. But like, for her, she was saying, sometimes that's the only meal I get with other people in a week yeah 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 they yeah. eat alone which to me just breaks yeah. my heart i mean it's just this is not how it should be you, yeah. you know and so when we eat together it's so much more than just eating it is a really sacramental act yeah and like, yeah. like we are connecting with one another and god and the food because the food is delicious and it just the whole thing is so so good it's really good news yeah and i think that i'd love to that i've spoken to several people about those three mm. statements i mm. just think they're so to think about those things is, is so rich. And, of course, mm. again, to certain people, each of those statements could be the most important thing they've heard. Mm. You know, the, the, to some it might be just that you are loved. Mm. To some it might be you're forgiven. To others it might simply be here's some food. Yeah. You know, the, 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 it's the most important thing, the most, the best thing you could hear mm. at that time. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. And put them all together and you get wonderful and things. For, and for me, it's not just like, here's some food, hand out, and now I'm going to walk around and leave you to eat it. It's like, yeah. come come and eat with me. Come yeah, into my, yeah. my place is your place. Mi casa e tu casa, as they say. Oh, you know, gracias. Yeah. <laughs> you Thank know, you. but no, it really is. So, you know, come and let's just do life together. Anyway, so exciting. But it, it does that question, where is it? Where has it all gone wrong? And, mm. and and what we do about it. I kind of know what I'm doing about it. What are you doing about it? Well, falteringly and, <laughs> you know, shoddily, I think a lot of people would say, you know, that's that Fluffy's um, quote about, you know, the best criticism of the bad is the practice of the better. Don't spend any time. Mm. Well, don't spend mm. any more time throwing stones at what's wrong, you know, what's mm. bust, what doesn't work. You know, if you think you can do better, do better, you know. Don't don't yeah. waste don't waste any life criticizing others of what they're doing wrong. Just just yeah. reach out. So you know, here we are. We got we got soul place. Yeah, and I think we can only do what we can do, which is again, you know, we can do a little bit to change ourselves and to change others around us I through love that. that. Yeah, and uh, and so maybe about instead of saying what what what's gone wrong, we, uh, the, it sounds terribly trite, but the way is to just look at well, what how how can I do things right? You know, hmm. what does it look like when it goes right? Yeah, uh, that would be a really yeah. important thing to think about. So yeah. yeah, and 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 what what's my life like when I'm living the good news? Yeah, that's a mm. that's a that's a good question mm. to ask each day, isn't it? Mm. How mm. am I going to live the good news today? Well, we should end. Well, I've uh, got I've got an idea for that. Have you? Yes, I thought I thought we could finish with a quote from Old Fluffy. A quote from Old Fluffy, as Terry Wogan <laughs> might have said. We ought to explain who old Fluffy is oh, yes, for Richard. the benefit of everybody. <laughs> so Richard Raw, who is a wonderful kind of Franciscan oh I guess you call him a scholar, but he would he would mm. probably wouldn't describe himself that way, but you know, he is. And he, he writes very wonderfully about Franciscan theology and non dual thinking, he calls it, which is just a more expansive way of embracing and including all aspects of life. 
Um, so that's who he is. But you tend to find it rather Californian whiffle <laughs> or piffle. I, I do. I, listen, <laughs> I admire him a lot and I admire his work. I just think sometimes it gets a little a little whiffly. <laughs> so uh, you called him old fluffy. <laughs> which I view as a term of endearment. Not it is a, a term of endearment. Is, if is. I ever meet him, I shall say uh, that I like, I like fluffy things. He's like, like a, my dog. He's like a wise old kind of grandparent. He's my kind of grandparent. I never had grandparents. Well, I mean, I suppose I must have technically had grandparents, but they'd all died yes. before I was born. Eh? Oh, I didn't that, know that. That's yeah. a shame. Oh, no, they heard I was coming and that was that. Yeah. Oh, I know. So I'd have to think of all those Christmas presents I missed out. If you'd like to donate to... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Could you be a grandparent to Joe? Yeah, yeah. Could you? Because a Joe is not just for Christmas. <laughs> no, no. Sadly, he is for life. Look, Listen, I know you love these quotes. So I think what we'll do is we'll just... We're going to end with this. I haven't heard it, so I don't know what it is. But we're going to end with this. And uh, in the meantime, we'll be back next week. Sure will. Um I don't know what we'll be talking about next week because I think it's time to move on to a different topic. But it who is. Knows? No, we got some feedback that's worth talking oh, about. Oh, great. Mm. Okay, great. Well, we'll be back with you in a week's time. Mm. And uh, now it's it's over to uh, Richard Raw. The context is speaking about wonder. And I just thought this was so lovely. And you'll not be surprised why I found it so lovely. Okay. Okay. What has been an ancient spiritual truth is now increasingly verified by science. We are all indivisibly part of one another. We share a common ancestry with everyone and everything alive on Earth. The air we breathe contains atoms that have passed through the lungs of ancestors long dead. Our bodies are composed of the same elements created deep inside the furnaces of long dead stars. We can look upon the face of anyone or anything around us and say, as a moral declaration and a spiritual, cosmological and biological fact... You are a part of me I do not yet know. But you don't have to be religious in order to open to wonder. You only have to reclaim a sliver of what you once knew as a child. If you remember how to wonder, then you already have what you need to learn how to love.